Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 89 of the Big Boo Cast. On this episode, Melanie and I are thrilled to talk with our friend Dave Barnes. Dave is a husband and a daddy and a singer-songwriter. He's based out of Nashville and he is also one of the funniest people I have ever met in my whole life. We are so excited to talk to him today. He has some brand new music coming out December 12th that you absolutely do not want to miss Stay tuned for our conversation with him in just a few minutes. It was so much fun. Before we get started, though, I want to tell y'all about something that Melanie and I both adore with our whole hearts. Sock Club. Yes, ma'am. Sock Club. In fact, we were just in Houston together last week, and we had a whole discussion about how much we love it. It's so fun. And with the holidays just right around the corner, Sock Club is delivering the perfect gift experience. Remind your loved ones that you care each month with quality American-made socks. The socks are sent straight to their door, featuring different designs and a personal note every month that can be customized before each shipment. I love to get the Sock Club package every month. It's so fun just to get a new pair of socks, y'all, and to see what fun colors they're using, to read the story behind them. Such a great gift. If you have a teenager in your life who's hard to buy for, or if you just want to treat yourself a little bit. The Sock Club socks have fresh, modern, classic designs. They're made in the USA. You can get them in men's, women's, and children's sizes. You can get gift subscriptions, free shipping anywhere in the USA, and you can buy a package or a month-to-month subscription. So, go to sockclub.com/bigboo and get 15% off using the discount code bigboo at checkout. That's sockclub.com/bigboo discount code bigboo. Give a little reminder of your love to the people you love every month. Give Sock Club. Alrighty, y'all. Episode 89 with Dave Barnes. We're so glad y'all are here with us, and we sure do hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And we have a very special episode of the podcast today. Yes, we do. I feel like lately we have a lot of special episodes, but this one is extra special. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like a sitcom during sweeps week. Like uh-huh. everything is very meaningful and very special. Yeah, December is the new February on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> we're going to talk to our friend Dave Barnes today. Yay! Yay, Dave Barnes. Okay, so just in case any of you have somehow missed Dave Barnes, here are some things that we love about Dave Barnes. First of all, he's hilarious, which is such a plus in a person, I feel like. I I feel like if I had to list a personality quality, that one is, I mean, I want to say number one, but that's probably not very spiritual, but it's easily top two. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then... um. And, and I would say even if you're not funny, we're probably not going to get to the part where I know if you're spiritual or not. You well, see? that's probably true. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to need you to be funny. I'm going to need you to be a little bit funny. <laughs> Just a smidge. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and then he's an incredibly talented musician. He's a singer-songwriter. He um, he has albums that Melanie and I have loved for, what, like probably 10 years at this point, I would say. Years, yeah. You introduced him to me like years, but it was early on in our in our relationship. It was early on that you introduced me to the music of Dave Barnes. And I was introduced to the music of Dave Barnes by two people. Well, by sort of. By one, Annie Downs, and then two, my girls at school told me about him forever ago. And okay. so, um, anyway, and so we, we love Dave Barnes. We love his music. We have so many happy family memories around his music. David and I have seen him in concert probably more than we've seen anybody in concert. We just adore him. And 
Then he's also, in the last several years, he's written some super successful songs. Uh, God Gave Me You, for starters, which was kind of a big deal. The Sexiest Man Alive sang it. Bloody <laughs> That's right. The Sexiest mm-hmm. Man Alive sang that song. And then mm-hmm. um, and then his latest song is Thomas Rhett and Maren Morris. Do you know this song? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the name because I love Maren Morris. Well, I can't think of the name right now, so I'm having to look oh. it up on Google. Oh. I thought you were asking. I can hear. Is it called All My Exes Live in Texas? <laughs> I know that song. Um, I don't know. Okay, here I'm going to tell you. I, I can't, why can't I think of the name of it? This is, by the way, the kind of professionalism that we pride ourselves on. Craving You. Yeah, it's a country yeah. song called Craving You. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, love, I didn't know he wrote that. I love that song. Well, neither did David Hudson. And he loved that song, too. And he was so tickled when I told him that Dave was the one who wrote it. I know. It. I'm so, now I like it even more. Okay. okay. All righty. So, we're about to call Dave Barnes. As you do. As you do. So, one moment, please. Please hold while we connect you. Okay, so I'm I'm interjecting this after we've introduced Dave Barnes to tell you that after we called him, we had a lot of really witty conversation and I did not hit record again. Because sometimes that's just the way the big boo cast goes. That's just the way. So we're just gonna we're just gonna jump in. You may think, gosh, I have no idea like what the context for this conversation is. <laughs> Listen, that's just real life. That happens to all of us. But we had just started talking about the Enneagram. And so when I started recording and we had just started talking about how Melanie and I over the last couple of days have been talking about Enneagram stuff a lot. We're both nines. I thought I was a seven. I've discovered I'm a nine. I have had several like therapy sessions with our friend Jamie Golden about this, where she's explained how this all works and how this is true. And then Dave jumps in and says he's a seven. And we started talking about it. Yeah, that's right. So that's what we talked about. Just pretend in your mind like you were at a dinner party and this was a conversation that all of a sudden you wandered up to and you just kind of had to jump in. Yes. And and know that Dave had also told us beforehand when I wasn't recording because my sole responsibility is to hit the record button and I failed you. Um, is that He was telling us how he loves his mom's um, mashed, potatoes. mashed potatoes. That's her favorite uh-huh. thing, that their family, every Thanksgiving, they, they, lo- they love something called black bottom pie which is a Mississippi delicacy. Um, He told us about how, what else did we talk about, Melanie? Um, About how he likes to go. He has a a studio at their house where he likes to write. Yes. So it was a a delightful time. Um, It's just, I'm sorry I was unable to record that to share it with you. Well, listen, we all, we all do the best we can do. So, but what we got to me, the very best part of the whole conversation, you're not going to miss out on, on the, on the big stuff. Right. Cause we ended up, we got kind of deep, which was delightful. Yeah, it was great. Okay. All right. Okay. So here we go, y'all. Here's our conversation with Dave Barnes. I hope you enjoy being dropped into the middle of it. You're welcome. Other than work, like, you know, co-writing and stuff like that, it's different because I don't really, you know, I enjoy that stuff. But, like, anything that's, like, a little, got to go here, we got these things this night, I I just tend to, like, I just want to get through that and then I'm free again. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to look at those, like, little landmines in my schedule and I'm sort of like, okay. And I love them because I love people. I'm so extroverted. But there's still something about when when I have to do something like my brain just sort of sends it over to the bad pile. Mm-hmm. We can't look at things like, oh, it's yeah. an opportunity, you know. Oh, no, that's so, garbage. That's garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm same. I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like the older I get, the more, like my best friend even says, I get nervous if I'm not, not in my pajamas by 630. You know, like I start, <laughs> to, <laughs> I start to like, oh, it's getting late. It's dark outside. I'm still dressed. I'm real nervous. You know, like one I of, like to be one of on the funniest couch. things that I've ever heard, one of the my manager's names is Jamie, and she is by far one of the funniest people I know. And we had a meeting the other day at uh, this coffee shop here in Nashville called the Frothy Monkey, and it's where everybody cool hangs out. And so all of us kind of came, you know, like not dudded up, but but <laughs> me and my two other managers. And she laughed so hard. She's like, look at it. She's like, Dave, you'd be so proud of me that I'm not in my soft clothes today. That's and right. I was like, oh, <laughs> My gosh. Or she said, and this is my favorite one, in my athleisure gear. Yes, sir. I love some athleisure. I do, too. (laughs) Yes, sir. So Mm -hmm. what do you prefer writing-wise? Do you you like to write by yourself, or do you like to write with somebody else more? 
You know, in th- this is this is probably really obvious. So forgive me for for uh, um, you know stating the obvious, but it, it's so different because mm-hmm. um, you know, by myself, I can. I've found this in the more that I've written with other people over the years. Like, it takes what you would think is not true for me because I'm so extroverted and so annoying and and you know, sort of big personality, or whatever. But when it comes to creating things, I get really, I can, I get really insular and I'm mm-hmm. super protective and, and mm-hmm. insecure and cautious. Um, when I'm by myself, obviously, I don't feel that way, and so I can, I can hate something and sort of, uh, you know sit there for me to get mad at myself and sort of wait till something better comes along and co-writes like I have to be really comfortable with you to to be like that and so it takes a long time for me with with co-writers even my closest friends till I really feel like I can go no that's not good let's don't do that because I'm just so scared they're going to be like oh well look at yeah. you Paul McCartney <laughs> I so get that I so get that um so, so there's fun for me because the, the good thing about co-writing is you have so much energy in the room there's there's this you know cyclical thing that's bouncing around nobody's feeding off the energy that you don't get right by yourself but I think for me particularly as an artist like I think uh, it's hard for me to really uh, um do that with with other people in the room and and really i I don't know that i I feel comfortable to really let myself be or or those ideas that i'm like god that's weird i wonder if they'll like it it took me a long time and it's still a discipline i have to use i'm better at it now after three or four years of doing it but to be bold enough to kind of go hey what about this you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. melanie and i when we write when we're working on a book we usually typically will send each other chapters as we finish them yeah it's really like she Melanie and and my husband David are really the only two people and, and and Melanie and I have the same agent. Those are the only three people really I'm interested in reading anything I write before I feel like it's finished because it's so yeah. vulnerable to me yeah. like to you do you get so in your head and then I don't know if you ever do this day but Melanie and I both will be like this is the dumbest thing anybody's ever written I don't know why anybody's <laughs> let me write a book this is terrible like we'll get in a real <laughs> negative kind of place and so it's it's tricky to share that side of yourself with others well you know the thing yeah. and you guys know this from creating things it's like for me it's always this roller coaster of like during the creation of it I'm so excited because, uh-huh. and, and you know, you have your downs where it's like, oh, I thought that course was cooler than I thought it was, or this chapter was a better idea than it is now that I reread it, whatever it is. But, you know, so that you, I get done with my record or the, the songs that I've written. You go in, you hit a spike of enthusiasm because you record them and the band sounds awesome. And, uh-huh. you know, whoever I'm working on the record with, you know, be it the players or Ed, the guy that I produce a lot of my stuff with, like, we're all like, oh, my God, that guitar solo. I didn't even think about that synth part. This is awesome. And then you kind of go back down for the mixing because stuff starts coming in. And you're like, oh, that's not as cool as I remember it sounding. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you know, and so, so, but then it gets, it gets to the right place and you're kind of excited again. And then it's, it's just this constant. And then the funniest part is the, the, the lag between when it's done, like with your book, when it's done and it's sitting there and you're looking at it in your house going like, you know, some days you get up and you're like, I mean, I may get a call from the Pope, and I don't. Or maybe a text, you know. I, this will will this be required reading in all public schools? Sure, that may be yeah, maybe. Funny. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. so, you know, I, I go from that feel like, oh my gosh, I've made this record that I've always wanted to make. I can't believe it. Then I'm listening to the radio, or a friend plays something for me, and I'm like, you know, we're just gonna nuke it. I'm gonna start over. <laughs> yeah. That's, Let's just call that a practice run, and uh, we'll, we'll do the real stuff later. So I think it's it's all it's it's such a tumultuous time, like that sort of like from creation to to people getting it in their hands is just so up and down. Oh, you know, it's God. so yes. for me. Yeah, I felt like to me that never. And so if you're probably the same because we both read our audio books, like you after you write it, and then you have to yeah. go read it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that because it's always some sound guy. I feel Feel like who's 14 who's like hey, why do I want to hear about this lady's stories <laughs> like this is the worst day of my life mm-hmm. and you're, oh sitting there reading, you're like and everything and I'll read it and I'm like did I really write that sentence what was mm-hmm. I uh. even thinking but then I'll read something else and I'm like well that's pretty funny like I'll make myself laugh and I'm like okay that's good but then you're in the next chapter it's just like such an up and down thing but usually I end up thinking and well, I wish I could redo this whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I always have a moment where I think um, it's like an, oh my gosh, 
people may actually read this moment, which is when I, I'm ready at that point to burn it all to the ground. Like, <laughs> whenever I realize that, pe- that people, like, I don't know, Dave, if that is your experience. Like, there's, it's the, the most enthusiastic dread. Like, I'm so excited it's finally going to be off my plate and out in the world. But, oh, my gosh, I so dread, like, waiting to see how people respond to it. It's crazy. You know what I realized that I do? This is the first album um, that I've not done this with. The one I'm putting out in February is I, I've kind of always looked at my music as a as a collective. So mm-hmm. so it's really rare that I sort of sit down song by song and really even album by album and hyper analyze because I'm kind of like you know I just want to by the time that I die to have just a bunch of music. And so mm-hmm. if people don't like this one or that one, that's okay because maybe they like this one. Over- here this one over here so i tend to look at it on on a macro level where i'm like look as long as the as long as the majority of it i'm excited about uh that's kind of a win and so and i think that served me pretty well and and granted i'm really blessed because a lot of people who who help sort of like make the records and ed who i've worked with a bunch they have such high standards that it's rare that i ever put a song out that they don't like not because I'm a great song, but because I just have to keep going and writing more until everybody sort of signs off on like these are the best songs you've written, you know. Right. So it's not that I have a bunch of songs up there I don't like, but I think for me, I've just kind of been like, this is not my final album. Like I'm never like, yeah, this is it, you know. Because and so what that does, I had a great conversation with a friend of mine about this who was really sort of bummed that he had put this record out that was really great that people weren't really drawn to as much as he wanted to. And I was like, you know, I think the danger with all of us as creatives is. When we start looking at the thing we've just created as the coup de gras, as the thing, as the key to get out of our unsuccessful jail or the steps <laughs> to the next level, yeah. you know, whatever that thing is, we get into trouble because um, we put all of the pressure of our career on one thing, not on all of the things. Okay. And, and, you mm. know, and then you start to go, well, they didn't like it like I thought. Now I'm a failure, and what if I never do another record? And it's like, no, no, no. You, I, think, I think we all have to create like we get to keep creating. Because okay. then there's, it sort of gets, the, the weight sort of gets distributed over a career, not over an album or a book or a blog post or a podcast interview or anything. And then it's like you sort of have this wonderful distribution of, of pressure over all the things you create, and then it's and then if one of them doesn't hold as much as the other one, it's okay because they're all, all up there doing their job, keeping this thing afloat, you know, keeping keeping it above ground. And so I think for me it helps me because it just it keeps me from getting out of headspace from like, listen, if this album I'm about to put out doesn't change the world or my <laughs> life, whatever, yeah. a failure. It's like no, 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 like it's it's another record. It's another record that hopefully sort of you know, uh, adds to what people like and, and sort of as another little chapter in the, you know, book of my, you know, career, uh, as, as opposed to like, this has got to be it. You know, this is the one I went all in, you know, Melanie, that's, good. that's that, actually does, a good word. I was gonna say, does that, that help that sort of blew my mind a little bit? Yeah, like, I think that's good. Because I think I feel the pressure because like right now I'm at the point where I'm technically well, I'm legally bound to write another book. <laughs> so I and I have no idea what it's going to be about, or um, what I'm going to do. But it's that pressure of because I feel like people are saying like, Oh, I love this one better than your other one. And I'm like, Okay, this next one, I do feel that where I'm like, well, this one's going to have to be the best ever. And I don't even know what it's going to be about. I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm going to write. And so I just feel frozen. You know, it just, I think, it stops you so that actually helps and I think that what I've learned is is it's also subjective because when I hear from people some people are like I thought chapter two was the greatest thing ever and then other people and I'm like really because I just kind of threw that in there I didn't even think it was that good like you never yeah. know what people are going to like and that's so different based on personalities and what people are going through well I think I think you just nailed it. I think that that's exactly the point to me is you know uh you just do the work because I think the minute that we start Start to tell people what's good about things, or that we start qualifying our own work. You're dead in the water because yeah. you just don't know what people are going to be drawn to. And so I think the right. job is just to create and let them do that, not not sort of put this pressure on. Like, let me tell you something. Chapter five, Mark <laughs> yeah. Twain. He is his son who just felt a presence sent me a letter saying, "I don't know what just happened or who you are." It's magic. But, you know, yeah, some magic happened. Uh-huh. In, in Alabama, and I need to, you know, text whatever. So I think, like, so I think for me, it's just going. You know, the best that I can do is to put out stuff that I feel like. Th- this has really become the litmus paper test for me. Is if I am writing a song 
I just want at some point in that song to to like like this is really cheesy, but I do this. This is real talk. I'll get and I will throw my hands in the air and just thank you, Jesus. This is is awesome that's what i needed like if i have one of those song moments of song then that's it for me i'm like this song makes it through and, and maybe you know yeah, make it go. Mm-hmm. just like look is there as long as there's something in each of these songs that affects me that that's all i got like if, if i'm on the yeah. before firing squad and somebody's like can you please justify to us as society why you had the audacity to put out this record all I got, all that I got is to go, it just mattered to me. When I was writing it, it moved me. And my uh, taste is all that I've got for you guys. My, my creativity and my taste are the two things that I got that make okay. my art. You know what I mean? Oh, and so as long as creating and then it makes it through the, hey, does this matter to me? Does it affect me test? That's all I got for you. And so from then, it's just up to y'all to kind of go, it matters to me or it doesn't. But as long as it matters to me and it affected me, that's the best that I can do. I, I, listen, I, I feel like I've been to counseling. I really do. I feel oh. like... I, I'm reading all this off of my counselor's site, so I hope it's helpful. I, I'm having a from Spanish, but it's... Uh, sure, you're I'm doing a great job. I, um, here's what occurred to me too, Dave, when you were when you were just saying this. is is And here's what I appreciate about both of y'all, about, about you, Dave, and about you, Melanie. Like, there's something that's enormously encouraging too, I think, about when you watch sort of the you, you see somebody's career sort of unfolding before you and you get to enjoy the things that they they write and when you see them make a little bit of a shift and I think I so appreciate that in other people but I never give myself the grace for that does that make sense so I think I've got to do the same thing I've always done but like there was a moment when Melanie was writing her third book when she she sent me a chapter from nobody's cuter than me where like it just to me was the most tender honest writing I had ever read of hers and I love everything she writes but like I was so moved by it and then Dave with you it was when when hymns for her came out I will never forget listening to those first couple of songs and thinking oh my gosh this is a this is a little bit of a turn you know I Mm -hmm. I don't know it felt like something I don't know like you had made yourself like an extra layer of vulnerable sort of and Mm. and so I love seeing that in people but I don't I don't really encourage that on behavior in myself i don't feel like <laughs> i don't necessarily well i think the beauty of, of when you create over time is like you just sort of get into you know you you sort of realize what have i not done or what am i not doing well what can i develop and then you know you sort of start doing those things it's like well gosh if i look at my writing i realize like you know i, I just don't do this what what would it look like if i did that and then those tend to be those moments where you're like oh that's interesting like mm-hmm. people really gravitated toward that or you know whatever so what got what got you since melanie's having writer's block and i'm just in complete denial about the fact that i have another book to write what got you going <laughs> with this latest album that's not out yet you're going to have four songs come out in december four songs in january four songs in february the whole thing's out in february what got yeah. you what got you going what was the sort look of look at you with your homework I believe the children of future. I read the Instagram. You do. Mm-hmm. Look I at do. you. I'm so proud of you. Thank I'm just. You. I'm sending you a cyber hug right, right now. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and so, uh, well, it, it's it's funny uh, if it encouraged you guys. I don't know that I'd ever been as like uh, creatively blocked as I was before writing this record because I think for me this is what's crazy I mean this is crazy this is I think we've done the math this is my 12th release like this is my 12th so that counts obviously two Christmas albums and I think two or three EPs so you know full albums I think this is like my ninth uh but I mean it's a lot of music and so for me I there's a lot of things I try to be really careful of I never want to be the guy that just puts music out because like hey that's what I do Mm -hmm. I also want to try to be as relevant as I can because I think that's something that's always hard as you get into your 30s and 40s as a as an artist is not sort of like you just sort of drift off into sort of like, well, I thought that was cool. And it's like, yeah, you know, that was cool in 83. So I think for me, I, I was just kind of like, like, you know, I don't I don't want to just keep doing what I do. Like, I don't want to do the thing. So I, I was doing, doing a lot of this sort of 
you know, digging, spelunking, uh, going like, wh- what is it that, wh- what's the next thing? Like, you know, look again, macro, I'm looking at all, mm-hmm. literally just looking at all my album covers, looking at my records going like, what have I not done in a while? What, cause you know, between him for her and especially carry on San Vicente, those mm-hmm. two albums to me were really big departures. Love so like, them well, both. Yeah, by the way. Uh, but I, but I, I was like, it feels like I need to get back to doing something. And so I'd had some conversations with a lot of my friends here in town, how much they loved my first two records, Brother Bring the Sun and Chasing Mississippi. And I was like, you know, I would love to write more music like I wrote, wrote those, where it's a little more adventurous, it's a little more musical, it's fun, and there's a real, there's a real kind of vibrance to it. And so that was kind of the beginning. But truthfully, I think for me, and it was crazy how much this helped, um, when I signed up for Spotify a couple of years ago, I didn't know they did this thing called the Discovery Playlist and what it is, or the Discovery Weekly. And what it is is it takes this algorithm according to music that you have listened to and it curates a playlist every week that says, hey, if you like this, you may like this. Mm-hmm. And if you like mm-hmm. that out by this mm-hmm. guy, you'll probably like this. And it was crazy what it did for my creativity because I think I'd just gotten into this, well, you know, I'm 39, I'm going to be 40 next summer. And I'm like, this is a lot of music for me, and it, and, and you know, somebody, somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, I love you, brother," but that's enough. It's enough. Okay, yeah. that's enough. We'll give you another decade, and maybe you can do another EP, and maybe have some new thoughts. But we've got plenty of these for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of thought, I just don't want to do that again. And so it was, it was sort of the the two things coming together. One, I think, just hearing so much new music because I would click on this playlist every monday morning and there would just be all this music i had no clue about and all of a sudden like i'd start getting these ideas and i'd be like oh i'm like there's that thing i've been missing for so long because for me for years one of the biggest ways i create is music so i love hearing new music i want to hear all this a lot of my output is absolutely determined by the amount of input i've got going in and so i'm the opposite of like a ray lamontaine where i want to go like build a cabin (laughs) on a river and (laughs) catch bass with my hands sure right albums about i can't do that i need to be listening to music because i can only unlock certain little parts of my brain with music like you know and so it's for me music sort of begets music and so i i once that was a huge piece and then you know these last probably three years business wise creatively in this co-writing world were the hardest three years of my life like they just they they just wore me out Mm -hmm. and so it was this really cool combination of me going look I'd love to get back to doing music that I've done before, some fun, funkier, more musical stuff. There's all this new music inspired me. And then the third piece was going, I, I want to I be truthful on this record because this has been a really hard season for me. And the record is called uh, Who Knew It Would Be So Hard to Be Myself. And it's just this idea of the struggle of going, Shouldn't it, can I just do what I do and it work? And instead, mm. you know, trying to conform to all these other patterns that I thought, oh, this will be what it makes this work or and they're just and it really not working and so as i wrote the record i thought you know i want to be i'd love for this record to be vulnerable i'd love for it to feel like i'm inviting people into this hard stuff and and which i'd I'd like to your point you know sophie about yourself like hymns of her was some of that but i think this record has got a lot more of that like there's a lot of real like and even sort of it's funny because even sort of couched and fun up music they're these really kind of heavy themes that i was like Oh, that feels good. See, this is something new. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I, this yeah. isn't like, like, oh, yeah, Dave did another record. It's cool. It's like, wow, man. Like, you're really saying some stuff I haven't heard you talk about before. So that was a big deal, too. And so I'm excited because I just feel like not only is it kind of fun to get back musically to some things that I've always loved doing but I hadn't done in a while, it's also, I really think, a new look for people who have listened to my music before because I think they're going to go, wow, like, Dave is, Dave, like, this is some real talk on this thing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that because, well, you know, I think I've told you before, like the first time I ever listened to Chasing Mississippi, which, gosh, was that 10 years ago? I feel like, but, yeah, yeah. um, but it, in the most profound way to me, it, it sounded like home. And I can't tell you why, cause I don't speak the language of music. I can't say, well, this third, this, whatever, like it just sounded, <laughs> it just sounded like home to me. And so, mm. um, I don't know. It's it's and it reminds me of such a specific time too in our lives. I think mm-hmm. and um, but I I totally get it because I think sometimes the deeper you get into, like you said, you've gotten deeper into the co-writing stuff and all that, and kind of the deeper you get into whatever world you're living in, whether that's as a parent or with your whatever your job is or whatever, there's some there's some deep pieces of that reality that can impact what you're writing and what you do. 
Well, and you know, too, I, th- I think the hard, you know, the, the, there's this sort of like um, theory I've been working on for a few years, and I think it's pretty true. I think it holds up, I think. But I, I, as an artist, and I think this is kind of true for authors, too. I mean, you, you, you know, y'all can tell me if this resonates, but I think something that's so hard about making music for a living as an artist is whatever people's first impression of you, whatever that first album was for y'all first book, if the, if the, you know, if this holds up, this theory holds up, tends to be what they like the most because that was their uh-huh. first introduction. It was a new voice in the mm-hmm. world for them singing wise or writing wise and it's like oh my gosh nobody's done this or this is a new version of this and oh my god that book or the cd that cd meant so much to me and i th- think for artists especially it's so hard to keep doing that not because people don't like you as much but it's just because that first initial blast that sort of seismic shock of oh my gosh this record it's you know you 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 kind of can't keep doing it. It's almost impossible to keep doing that because you are only yourself. Like you can only mm-hmm. reiterate so many times yeah. that, that it's like something really genuinely new is created because you're yourself. Like you only experience so much as a human being. And so that first album is like, what? Oh my gosh, I love the way <laughs> she says that or he sings this. And then the second album is like, yeah, we liked it, but man, that first one. And so I think, or even the second, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And so it's and so the thing that I've had to realize and give myself a lot of grace for is it, it's it's I think it's easy to get in your head and kind of go well, well nobody likes this new stuff as much and it's like well they kind of can't like mm. it's almost possible mm-hmm. for fans for readers for listeners to ever like something like your fifth book fifth album as much because it's just it's such a known entity in such a wonderful way you're you're a common voice you're a part of who they are. You're a common voice in their, in their sort of life, and so for me, I've just had to give myself a lot of grace of going when people go, dude. Let me tell you, this record, whatever it is, like that record is my favorite record. And going, well, dude, what about the new one? And going, no, 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 that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that's wonderful. And I'm just glad you're still around. And so giving myself the grace to go, hey, whatever this new record is, I'm okay with it being whatever it's going to be. And I think the other thing that's tricky too is in in music, and this is sort of particular to music, I think, but. You know, when you're really taking music in, I would argue is probably 15 to, let's say, 30 on the high side, 25, 27 realistically. That's when you're really living life. You're changing. You're road tripping. You're mm-hmm. going to the Grand Canyon with mm-hmm. your friends. You're doing Young Life Camp. You're <laughs> falling you're falling in love a lot of times. You're falling out of love. You're getting your heart broken. You're, you got a crush. You know, you're, you're – and so music in that season of everyone's lives is – paramount it is yeah. you have so many associations to this song and that album and this concert and that that moment and that slow dance and that first dance at your mm-hmm. wedding and you know first date it was playing in the background at the at the restaurant whatever it is and so it's so hard to have music after that season of our lives matter like that music did and oh, that's so true. It's so true. Listen, it's why the nineties. Listen, the music from the nineties. There's nothing like it for me. Nothing. I was like going to it. say it's yeah. it's why the Chicago Seventeen album is <laughs> oh my gosh. in my brain. Come on, so, so deeply embedded in my brain. But you're right because it's kind of like life where you're like nobody's really necessarily writing songs about today. I changed a diaper and that's I went right. to the grocery store and got some milk and some eggs and Well and two, fun. you don't we don't have the time to take in the music. Like what, yeah. what like right. you know if I, I guarantee if you sat with my my wife, me, you guys, your husbands, you know, if you said how much music a day are you listening to, I mean twelve minutes to twenty, right? Where you're really yeah. like sitting, actually engaging the music, not sitting in the background, not, but you're actually, you know, driving, tapping on the steering wheel, or like you got your headphones in on your walk or your jog or whatever is happening, where you're engaging music. It's got to be less than twenty minutes a day. So when are you going to even take in new music? Because I guarantee you, for most people, okay. including myself, I, that's not new music time. That's like, oh, mm-hmm. I finally get to listen to, you know, uh, whatever it is. You're the inspiration again because that <laughs> that makes me feel good, right? And so I think for me, I, you know, it, it's it's such a tricky – music is so tricky, especially in this season of my career because, you know, I, I, I can't get frustrated when people are like, oh, man, that new record's great, but gosh, Chasing Mississippi. Because I'm like, how old were you when that album came out? Oh, dude, I was 21. I just moved to Chicago. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's why that matters is because like – your life, like right now, all these, all this music. I hope it matters to you, but it's okay that that music may matter more because life 
not that it mattered more then, but it was just such a different season of life that music mattered more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like, oh my gosh, like you know, walking around Amsterdam with my headphones on, listening to your, and it's like, yeah, I'm never going to touch that again. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know, what? I, I think it's interesting too. It's like listening. I think especially in the stage of parenting you're in, where your kids are small, like, and you're really like you're listening to some Veggie Tales in the car and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And but now I think Melanie and I are in a phase where we can enjoy music with our kids because we have teenagers. Like right. we can enjoy music with our kids, but nobody cares what we think about it, Dave. Like no, yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. No. If we like it, it's the it's really probably the lamest song ever. Like so, it's a whole. So you don't you don't even get to experience your enthusiasm for something new, like in your forties, the same way that you would have in your twenties, because, or at least you have to be by yourself maybe to experience yeah. the enthusiasm for it. It's funny how it all shifts and changes. But well, I'll, you know, there's, there's two songs. I was going to say, there's two songs in this new album that are about kids. One of them is called having kids and it's kind of this fun piano song. And then one of them is called a song to my children. That's, that's a much more dramatic sort of, and, and those are a couple of songs that I'm curious to see if people do go, oh my gosh like that's me right now because you know everything else is like love songs is about life and that's different but so it, it will be interesting those are those are sort of little fun i was like i wonder if these will be songs people go oh my gosh you know what song i love is that not because we're gonna love the other ones that probably are more catchy but because like that actually oh my gosh that's a song about having kids we're having kids you know what i mean yeah 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 hey y'all it's sophie all by myself in the middle of the podcast which as you know, means that I want to talk to you about something. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about Kind Bars. Kind makes delicious, healthy snacks using whole ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. They're made in the United States, and they're made with high-quality, nutrient-dense whole ingredients like whole nuts and whole grains. All of the Kind snacks are gluten-free. They're low-sodium. They don't have any sugar alcohols. They're made without genetically engineered ingredients all of the kind snacks are kosher they're just delicious so this holiday season treat the people on your gift list to the kind cube filled with a variety of 20 tasty snack bars the kind cube makes a perfect present for any snack lover made with delicious ingredients like nuts and fruit and dark chocolate these bars are a gift that both your body and your taste buds will love to receive. You shouldn't have to choose between your health and taste when it comes to snacking. That's why both award-winning chefs and nutritionists love and recommend Kind Bars. I believe I've mentioned before that I love the dark chocolate nuts and sea salt. I like to keep them on hand in my office or here at the house just when I need a healthy snack in the middle of the day. So... If you would like to give someone, a loved one, or yourself, the Kind Cube, go to kindsnacks.com slash boo for more details. That's kindsnacks.com slash B-O-O to learn more. Okay, back to our conversation with Dave Barnes. So, have yeah. your kids affected your, your, your writing or what you think about writing a ton? Well, you know, uh, like you guys, I mean, they, they, you know, they, they affect sort of subject matter a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it's interesting in a funny way because they, they've, you really see, so like, my kids will like certain songs more. Like, well, I'll play them new stuff and they'll walk around the house singing and I'm like, oh, I guess that's, that's a good song. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. cool. so it is, it is sort of, it's, it's, a fun, it's, a, it's like having a, you know, you sort of have like a, a little demographic in your house that you can sort of reference now where before it was just kind of like, well, Annie said she liked it. You That's know. right. That's now it's right. like, yeah. oh, well, okay. I heard I heard Ben singing it as he was, you know, like uh, outside kicking the soccer ball yesterday. I'm like, that is a good, good thing, you know. So yeah. what, are, what are your kids into right now? So Ben, I just, again, I read Instagram, Dave, so I'm aware of this. So Ben turned six. Yesterday. Just, yes. So what, like, what's he super into right now? Um, he is into, they're all into amassing things that are eventually going to burn. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> Um, so that's exciting is that we're collecting a lot of things that we're all gonna which you know that's the lord is looking at me going hey you hear this right like, what you're saying right this sure. applies to you too and I'm yeah, like, yeah there's, there's a lesson right. in there yeah mm -hmm. yeah but uh 
No, but he's Ben is is uh, he's super duper creative. So he's he's way into drawing, and mm. of course, you know, cars and trucks and all that stuff. Um, he just quit smoking, so we feel like that's a huge. It's <laughs> a good step. The tattoos are, you know, that's we can't get those off, but he'll he'll have those <laughs> in his life. But um, uh, he'll impress people in prison someday. Uh, but he, uh, no, he's he's super, and uh, he's he's really really good with art, and so mm. it's fun to watch him. Like way into that, our, our little girl Zanna, Susanna Jane, we call her Zanna. She's three, and I mean, she was breastfeeding her doll this morning, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a life skill. It's a life. I mean, skill. Isn't, that, isn't that a moment as a parent where you're like, I gotta play this right? Like, <laughs> yeah, feel the universe do one of those things in a movie where it's like, and it just kind of zooms in on your face, and she's staring at you. She's got her baby right up here, and like, yeah, if you have a it's like a choose your own adventure. I can laugh, and that feels like it's probably not going to go well. Sure. I can sort of like, what are you doing? And that's definitely not going to go well. Or I can act yeah. like it's normal, which feels right now, but Lord, what is that going to do to her psyche later? <laughs> yeah. My dad's like, oh, that's totally cool with me breastfeeding my plastic uh, toy. So there's just, you know, it's, those things can go a lot of ways. <sighs> it is a choose your own adventure book. It absolutely is. You got some choices in that moment, and there are going to be some consequences of those choices. <laughs> Yeah, sure. which one is going to require the least amount of therapy? Right. Let me oh, choose that door. I don't know which one it is, but that's the one. Please, God, you let know, me choose. My, one of my dearest friends was my uh, counselor for forever, and, and he used to laugh all the time because he's got two boys now that are grown up, and he's like, he and his wife are both therapists, and he said, we oh. had a jar in our kitchen that we would just put money in every time some, I'd said something to one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to definitely need to talk to somebody about that someday. It's <laughs> <laughs> for five minutes. No joke. I mean, oh, I'm telling you what, it's a humbling process. Every bit of that thing is humbling. Yep, every step of the way. Oh, oh. gosh. Okay, so you've got you've got music coming out in in December, really. You've got album full album coming out in February. This is these are these are big things. So, are you already thinking about the next thing? Or are you like, Lord, please just let me get through the new thing? It is. Can I combine them all? Sure. Just be like a a la carte and bring them on. Sure. I uh no. You know what really is exciting? We haven't officially um landed on this. So if if you know by the time this podcast like this podcast comes out and it doesn't happen, like let's don't judge me for it. Okay. Um, because okay. there's a space time continuum thing that we all have to participate in with podcasts and when we say things then later and they don't happen. Um, but I do think our our, our hope with this new tour and sort of what how we're going to promote the record because that's kind of the big thing now is like the record will come out and then it's looking at the year kind of going like okay what's our that's kind of how our world works, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you put the record out, then it's all about the promotion of once it's out, and then it's really about yeah. like live shows and how do we get the word out for the music. Um, so I think what we're what we're doing, and I'm so stinking excited about this, is you know I've been doing stand up shows and all this kind of stuff over the last um, year, yes. and uh, we're gonna do a combo show. So I think what 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 the oh, what the that. yeah what the what the idea is and this is all you know tentative and can can move but do like you know five to six songs a 20 25 minute stand-up set so real stand-up like me and the mic and then the the guys come back out and we do like five to six more songs and that's night wow that is a great show yeah so i love that yeah, so I think we talked about it last night with manager now we'd had this idea of doing it later the next year but we sort of realized it, it's probably wiser to just sort of start the new record with the new sort of like do that thing and see how it goes because um, stand-up shows have been so much fun and it's been so well received that i was like man it'd be i mean it just happened about a year ago he's like listen if you like doing these stand-up shows what if we combine the both and i was like first i was like man i just don't you know i don't know and then the more i thought about it, i was like no that would actually be really fun and i think too you know I, this sounds i mean kick me off the podcast and I could be a pariah <laughs> if I need to after this, but like, cause there's nothing more annoying than talking about yourself like this, but I'll say this and we'll quickly move on to another subject. But okay. I think, <laughs> you know, you do, you, you want to play to your strengths. And I think for me, like, you know, the comedy and humor thing has always been a part of what I do branding wise, but it's not really been something I've ever tried to like monetize if I can say it that way. Sure and enough. so, you know, I think just with all of my smart business friends, they've always been like, dude, it, you just got to do it. Like, it's it's 
It's literally the it's it's the lowest hanging fruit to the point that it's now been absorbed into the ground. It's a new tree. That's you know, right. It's not yeah, even that's right. Fruit yeah. And hey, so, um, yeah. I so agree with that, Dave. I'm telling you, like the the times we we've seen you do stand up two or three times. I feel like and. I have been angry at you in the middle of the show because I hurt. So I like it hurts me <laughs> I, I, because I laugh to the point where I'm sort of like, I'm tired of laughing. It's so funny. Like it's, you're so good at it. You are so stinking good at it because you're such a natural storyteller. And I, so yes, see, I agree. Combining those things <laughs> is magic. I think, I think that's well, magic. Thanks. I think the thing that's fun about it is what's crazy. And I mean, look, I could be wrong with this. I don't know that anybody has ever done that in the history of human time. Like not, not done funny music, but done like literally a show, like serious yeah. songs, yes, a stand up set and then more songs. So again, not Steve Martin where it's like a funny song and then a stand up set, but like, right. I don't think anybody's ever done this. And so I'm like, that's kind of exciting to think. Which like, is why it's brilliant. Yes. You're a trailblazer. Well, Bro, I mean, <laughs> let's you know what? Let's keep going with that. Actually, I That's like right. this yeah, let's, any yeah. other words you can yeah. use. You're, you're a trailblazer. You're a pioneer. You're a. <laughs> but I think it's it's the perfect. It's like one stop shopping. It's That's like right. one stop. Yeah. Like, I want the whole thing. I want a great concert and I want to laugh. Yeah. And so well, I'll tell I you what. I think the thing we realize, and you guys know this. I mean, y'all know this as well as anybody knows this. Life is so busy, and because music is in such a bad way, the industry, mm. everybody's touring. Like everybody looked up about a, two years ago and went. If I'm going to make money, I got to get back on the road. I mean, legacy acts like Chicago. Everybody is looking at touring and going. That's what we got to do. And so I think for uh, for for a lot of us, you kind of realize like, man, we got to get out and play some shows. Problem is, everybody's playing shows, so you're having to really kind of go like, how can I? I convince people who've seen a show that week already and live in the suburbs and they're paying, you know, 50 bucks to a babysitter and then right. 15 bucks for parking and then 100 bucks for a meal or whatever and tickets. How can I convince them to do it? And, and it just kind of feels like, well, just go all in, I guess, you know, like go, hey, how about something you've never seen me do before? And, you know, yeah. so that's another part of it. And yeah. it goes, you know what, to me that goes with, because I think about like, and Sophie, I know people say this about your books, but people love that. I mean, I think it was still Magnolias that first told us that laugh, laughing and crying are the best of emotions. Mm -hmm. Like if you can make people feel that emotional, like one minute you're like, well, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And then you're laughing so hard. I just think people love that roller coaster of emotions. So to have that in one setting is like perfection. You know, I, I'll, I'll say something that's, uh, this is really embarrassing to say. And I think a reason I sort of always um, sidestep the stand-up and comedy stuff is I just, I always thought, Lee, it's, it's great. It's fun to be funny and I'm glad that means something to people, but music is the powerful thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I just sort of realized like in the last year, I think it was a conversation I had with somebody. They're like, dude, you, you can't underestimate the power of laughter. No, like sir. what it does for people. And I think for me, and this is true, this is real talk, as a 39-year-old man, I just had always thought, yeah, I think because because I've I've been funny, you know, and it, you know what I mean, that sounds mm -hmm, weird yeah. to say, but because I've always been the idiot in my <laughs> yeah. group. So it's like, get Dave in here, let's have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> always, you know, it's like, I've just always thought, well, that's just what I do, and people laugh when we have a good time. I, I'm, I, it's great. But I think going like, no, no, man, like this, like people will come in and, and for that hour, hour 15, they get to just forget and laugh yes. and like mm -hmm. and, and what it does just even physiologically in your brain and these endorphins it releases like this is like good ministerial kind of stuff. Absolutely. And like, hey, and I don't know if you know this, Dave, but the world's gone a little crazy. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> like. For a while now, but coming up today, it's it's a scary place. I, mean, I can yeah. see that. It's I mean, listen. So I'm going to tell you that laughter. I have never treasured it, valued it, needed it more than than yeah. That's than, a good word. Than right now, like so, I yeah. absolutely think there's a ministerial component to it because the world is heavy, you know, and it it, it yeah. feel it's overwhelming and all these things, and so um, I I just I can't I can't say enough about how much how much we all need that so yeah yeah I agree I mean I think people just need and I think Sophie I mean you and I to me I mean that's sometimes I can feel like you know what am I doing I'm just writing people are writing like deep books about all these deep subjects and like you know deep dives into like first and second Corinthians and mm -hmm. like I'm writing about my hair mm -hmm. and it feels <laughs> kind of right you know <laughs> but, 
but I think people need that. You know, I mean, I think there's something where it's like, if I can just not think for a minute, that makes me happier. So. Well, that really got me. I'm going to keep laughing. <laughs> I could just see the lineup, you know, like a gospel coalition night. Yes. All these boss like, camp. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller sharing on <laughs> First Corinthians. And next, are you worried about why your hair will, why your up is not handling it itself quite like you wanted to? Hey, listen, I mean, one of my favorite moments ever in life when Melanie and I went to Ecuador with Compassion a few years ago was... Um, and Ann Voskamp was on that trip with us. Melanie had thrown up. She was she was she was down for the count in the front seat. I'm on the second row of seats. Ann is behind me, and she is in a deep conversation about the Book of Galatians with our friend Sean Groves. Like she is in a mm. deep conversation. Here's what I'm talking about with our friend Kelly, who's sitting across from me. The snack foods of Ecuador. I'm talking about. Their Cheetos really have sort of a fruit flavor. It's not just pure cheese flavor. So that's, I feel like that's where Melanie and I live is we're going to talk. You know, people are going to talk about Galatians. We're going to talk about the Cheetos and, and that's sort yeah. of. Well, here's, world. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I think. Oddly enough, this is really funny. We're talking about this. This is kind of what this album is about. So this is what I feel like the Lord is showing me. Right. Mm-hmm. We are all parts of the body of Christ, right? Like right. each of us, uh, some are thumbnails, some are hands, mm-hmm. some are calf muscles, some are the vein in the calf muscles. And I think <laughs> some of the hardest work that we all have to do, that's the most redemptive, some of the most redemptive work that we can do as humans on earth is to realize what it is that we love to do, that God gave us to do, that intersection of things, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so... For Tim Keller, that is being one of the most theologically incredible expositors of the word that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. For, for for some people, that's going to be writing really hysterical, spiritually tilted stuff. But I think the key is this, and this is literally, I feel like, what I learned as I was making, or what this record is sort of about, is this idea that like the best that I can do as Dave Barnes, which I hate it when people refer to themselves in the third person, but but the best that I can do is to really be whatever it is that God made me to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that is going to look really less than in my brain in some things. It's going to look maybe mm-hmm. a, a cooler than in some ways. But that's the best I've got because if God knows what he is doing and he made me to be a certain person, mm-hmm. he made me to fit in this tapestry of all of believers. Mm-hmm. And, and that tapestry only works when I am who I am. And co- coincidentally, my life only really works when I am who I am. And I think that's the thing that I've had to realize. It's, 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 a, it's such a massive step of faith. Because mm-hmm. in that car, when you realize oh my gosh they're back there you know like quoting hebrew and trying to figure out what the greek means and you're up there laughing about something else god is not disappointed with that god is celebrating both of those conversations because that's god that's who y'all are made to be and so i think sitting in that moment and going you know lord i I just want to do the best that i've got to be because i'm actually so happy when i'm like that Mm. like i'm not that c.s lewis you know comparison is a thief of joy. I don't feel this anger. I can celebrate who I am, but you have to give me the faith to be that. Like you have to give me the faith that who I am being is who I'm supposed to be. And then I'm going to create the best stuff. I'm going to, in the people that resonate with my created stuff as myself, it's going to be serious life altering stuff. And, and, and oddly enough, as much as Tim Keller, as much as John Mayer, as much as Paul McCartney in these Mm -hmm. weird ways, because is that, that's the beauty of the way God made us is we're not less than we're a part of. That's right. That's you know so I mean? good, Dave. That's so good. Yeah. And you know what? Here's yeah. what occurred to me too. Listen to you say that. Like, not only is that well, it's super freeing. Like, because you're doing what you're called to do. Because I've had that phrase, build up the body, build up the body, in my head for mm. months. But like, also we all need each other to be who God called us to be so that we're stronger. So yeah. like, I need you to be who God called you to be. I need Melanie to be who That's God called, exactly right. God called her exactly to be because right. it makes us all stronger. So it, it eliminates any, um, any false hope we have in pretense. Like if we just, you know, if we just pretend, if we just fake it till we make it, that kind of thing. No, really, that's not fair to anybody. That's not good for anybody because we're not, whatever unique thing the Lord wants to do, um, 
through you sharing the gifts he's given you, like if you're pretending to be something you're not, then you're really not building up the body. You're just, you're a clang and simple. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. And you're, and you're missing. Yeah. And you're missing why you're here. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the what no matter what you do or no matter what your job is or what your life looks like or whatever. I mean, I feel more strongly than ever where it's like, we've all been so uniquely and specifically placed like where mm-hmm. we are in our communities and our homes and our families. And it's like, that's for a reason. So it's like, let that thing that he's put in you come out and, and, and go with it instead of wishing that you were like somebody else, which can sometimes be a struggle. But I think that's a good place to be when you can just walk in that. Y'all, yeah, we, we got deep. We got deep. Look, I'm proud of us. I, too, yay. I know. Okay. You know, you, okay know, I you know, you know, I'm sorry giggling about this. You know, you all should do something. What? I'm already laughing about this. Is try to try to have a deep conversation after Thanksgiving meal as a podcast. <laughs> just like, just literally, just go neck deep on the black bottom pie, and then literally have to talk about, like, try to to you know exegetically tear apart, like. Romans, you know, sure. some, any Eastern Romans, uh-huh. just, but just while you are in the food, like while you got the itis, like right when the itis kicks in, yeah. try to, uh-huh. just, try to maybe, really... maybe dig in to so, the sovereignty of God a little bit. Exactly. I would, Okay, so here's my question, Dave Barnes, since you're a Mississippi boy, and I don't know if Sophie's going to ask, but I will because I'm a Texas girl, so I can ask this question. So who are you cheering for in the Egg Bowl? I mean, let's, let, let me, Sophie, do, you, do we want to say it together? I mean, I mean, I feel like I know, I mean, I know that you, you are in a house divided. I get it, you know, but I feel like I know which direction you're going to go. Oh, that's, listen, no, there's no, there's no, you don't even need to wonder. So both of my parents went to state. Okay. Uh, my whole family went to state other than some uh, cousins that we won't really talk about. And then, uh, you don't talk about. Yeah. yeah, but then it was so funny marrying Annie who's Ole Miss and, you know, like her, her mom went to Ole Miss, her dad went to state oddly enough. But, uh, but we got married and I, I like, I came home with a Mississippi state hat, probably our fourth year of marriage. And she literally gave it away while I was gone one weekend. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> oh yeah. She was legitimately that. mad. Like yeah. she was like, <laughs> Why did you buy this? I was like, well, I play. I played a show at state. I played mm-hmm. this freaking show at state, and I was like, well, I went and got a hat. We played at Mississippi State. Like I watched a million football games here and baseball games here growing up. That's why I bought the hat. She's like, okay. I came home the next week. I was like, hey, where's that hat? She's like, I gave it to our friend that went to state. I was okay. like, why'd you do that? She's like, because you're not gonna have that hat here. I was okay. like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Shots fired. Shot mm-hmm. fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh-huh. will y'all watch the game together, or do y'all have to kind of separate? Well, you know, Annie Annie is funny because she she's kind of only as interested in Ole Miss as they are good, and okay. she would tell you that. Like, okay. she's not like, okay. she, all the games we met at an Ole Miss football game, oddly enough. But like, you know, she, she's not like like my mom, and I mean, Sophie, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. My mom, they just moved to Nashville. My mom and dad, they retired here, so it's great we see them all the time. But my mom and when she used to drive from. Knoxville to uh, to see her mom and dad in Jackson. She would figure out every talk radio sports channel on the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, "Oh well, I'll run out of eighty nine one about sure. uh, Jackson, Tennessee." So then I'll go over to ninety two nine, and mm-hmm. they've got a great. And then once you hit Jack, I was like, "You're crazy. Mm-hmm. Something's <laughs> wrong with you." Uh-huh. Uh, so they are. I mean, they are like. I mean, my dad was lecturing me last night on how Fitzpatrick is going to win the Heisman next year. I was like, I mean, come this is on our with it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. all about priorities. It. Priorities. Uh-huh. This nice is how we will thank the Lord. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. All game to get to. Oh yeah. Well, I do think state. I think. I think it's. Uh, you know, if Mullen stays, I think it's a good next year. Could be a really, really good year. It's interesting. Okay, so so this. Interesting. And okay, so Dave, I'm a, I'm in Texas A and M. Aggie is my um, is my alma mater, and I'm just as passionate about it as Sophie is about Mississippi State. But I read this, so someone it's now coming out is going to be fired after the LSU game, either way, win or lose, is what oh, they're saying. That's all. The, that. That's all the reporting in this part of the country. I don't know if that's true, but it's coming from some pretty legitimate sources. But somebody said 
said, when you look at Sumlin's record and Mullen's record, they're the same. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Mullen, they're looking at him like, oh, we're going to hire him at Florida. We're going to hire him at Tennessee. We're going to whatever. But Sumlin, for whatever reason, you look and go, he's got the same record, but he's gone. He's out. And so Expectations yeah. are different, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, well, that, it's, that was my dad's whole point with state is he's like that it's such a great gig for somebody who wants to you know have success and have a shot at sec championships and maybe national titles if the team's really good but there's not that you know you're, you're like i mean just li- quality of life in Starkville is good i mean not i mean god bless Starkville, you know but i mean just mm-hmm. you're gonna have a better quality of life being a state coach than you are even a ut coach Mm because it's just everybody's you know you you can't go to the grocery store without somebody like you know well you know hey coach i tell you what you need to do is get that boy down there from have you met my son meet my son over here jim get over here no put the cereal box down put the cereal box down put we're gonna pay for it no don't judge we're gonna pay for it get over here jim you know yeah yeah Yeah. megan mullen has actually said that when they were in in gainesville when he was um coaching quarterbacks in gainesville she would go to the, the grocery store in Orlando where she worked because it was even with him as an assistant there, it was too much to try to go to the grocery store in that close to Florida. And so I think that it's a whole different deal in Starkville. Well, so. you know, dad said it well. It's like because state has never been a consistently serious contender. Yes. Uh, people just don't have those expectations. And that's not bad or good. They just don't. Right. You, you know, like people are thrilled with nine and three. I mean, yeah. you know, so, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dave Barnes, it has been a delight and a joy to get to talk. You guys, to you we today. did it, didn't we? We really did. I we really, did it. I we really did it. I feel like, like we covered a lot of yeah. ground. I feel like I'm inspired. I feel like I'm <laughs> ready to buy new albums. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready more ready secure to... in my calling, I feel like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to acknowledge that I'm a part part of i mean i just i feel like i've gotten a word i'm super this has been this is better than figure out my hair this has been better than figuring out my highlights listen i i i was i i was getting to be on it and i'm and that was so fun i'm so glad y'all let me sit and talk to y'all that's so fun oh my gosh anytime you come back anytime day barnes we've loved it and well, um, and well, I really am. I'm so excited about about your new music. It's always a happy day in the Hudson House when there's new music from Dave Barnes, and that is true. Well, that means a lot for everybody. Yep. So we we're gonna we're gonna engage in it for for 12 minutes at a time. For 12 <laughs> minutes at a time, we'll be able <laughs> to really listen. Well, you know, truthfully, that's why we did these EPs. I mean, I heard John, you know, Mayer got interviewed about it, and he was like, "Look." Look, I just realized when he did his, the 4-4 and then the all 12, he's like, I just don't listen to music like that. So if I don't, I'm sure a lot of other people don't little chunks where they can live with songs and really get to know them. So by the time the album comes out, they're not stuck staring at a whole album going, when am I going to listen to this whole, whole thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. so that's kind of why we uh, did that. It's just kind of like I can sort of live in these little chunks. And then by the time it's out, you hopefully know the whole album better, you know? Well, yeah, I, can't I love it. I think it's brilliant. We're excited. Well, happy. Well, I don't take for granted, y'all. Listen, I think that's it's a it's a real with every album I put out, I'm I'm infinitely, uh, exponentially more grateful. I still get to do it, so it means a lot. Well, well we're, we're, we're glad you still do it. We sure are, and we hope you have a very merry Christmas at the Barnes house. Same to y'all. Same to y'all. God bless. You too. Uh-huh, y'all too. Talk right, to you later, bye, Dave bye. Barnes. All right. Bye. Bye. Thinking that she reads your mind No matter the crumbs and the clues That you leave behind Your heart it will leave I swear she'll believe if it's true Ooh, just tell her you do
trim that 